Welcome, friends, and thank you for tuning in to this new episode of Heartfelt Consciousness. So today I speak with my dear friend, Christina Grosick, and her journey with sound. So I hope you enjoy the episode, and I'll talk to you on the other side. Hey, good morning. How are you today, Christina? Good morning. I am I'm wonderful. Doing great. The sun's out. It's uh it's a great day. Well, it sounds a little better than um, you know, we have here, but um so I know we talked a couple like a week or so ago and you actually just relocated uh to ten- an area of Tennessee. So how did how did all that moving go for you? You know, it's a uh, it's always an adventure, right? I think things are what you make out of it. And I think, you know, you can say, oh, wow, you know, that's, that's this or that, or you can say, well, this is an opportunity and this is an adventure. So um, I kind of own it as an adventure. So I think it's working out great. I, you know, I, I really believe in synchronicity. I believe in, you know, the universe putting things in your path and directing you and the space that I'm currently in, I don't think I could have asked for a better space. It just feels right. And uh, it's going really well. It's such nice. a great, welcoming, inviting space. And I just feel like I'm meant to be here. So, yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad everything went smoothly. So um, as I, I were kind of talking, I, I just want to take the time to kind of introduce you to the audience and how we actually met. So ironically, you used to be in the Cleveland area, which is where I'm currently at. Um, and we actually have a lot of mutual connections, but... Um, again, the universe kind of directing people together, it just kind of is an odd, odd way to think about it. But um, so obviously I'm a peer support uh, representative and you were assigned to me, not even no knowledge of each other whatsoever. And uh, we connect, was it like an October or September or something around there? I think that we yeah. initially connected. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so the, yeah, these past few months, you know, I've been kind of working with you and um, we've had some back and forth conversation and, you know, you're working on a documentary about sound therapy, about sound and um, everything about that. Um, so I kind of wanted to touch in with that a little bit. So uh, I don't know exactly. I, I don't know if you've told me or not, or if it um, has come up in conversation, but um I guess in a way we're kind of asking what came first, the chicken or the egg. So what came first for you? Was it more of the sound therapy that led you to yoga or was it the yoga that led you to sound therapy? Um, Well, you know, it's kind of, so sound's always been really impactful on my life. It's always been an integral part of my life and Mm -hmm. it's always really influenced me and it's always carried me through interesting times. So, you know, someone asks me like, you know, a lot of people say, well, when did that happen? What year was that? I don't really know. I can't tell you the year for pretty much most things in my life. But what I can tell you is the music I was listening to at the time. So I've always had a strong connection with music. And it's I can base like an entire timeline of my life based on songs and music. I can't tell you the years, but I can tell you the music. So I've always had a relationship with sound and music specifically. Um, I was actually a disc jockey in, in Cleveland. Um, a while ago, you know, when I think I was still in school, I was still in college at the time, and it was mm-hmm. a station 107.9 The End. Yes. <laughs> that so, was yeah. that was the station to listen to. It was, it was like the best station. 
you know, thank you. Yeah, it was, I, I just feel so incredibly blessed that I could have been a part of it, you know, um, in some way. And I just really, I got lucky for sure. So it's always, music's always been a part of my life, but I've always been attracted to energy. And um, I started doing yoga, I think, in studying it in about 2001. And I started with Kundalini yoga. And, you know, that has kind of led me on my path. So that was the first energy modality that I officially was studying. And then, you know, I went on to study other energetic modalities, you know, like polarity therapy and Reiki and integrated health coaching and vibrational therapy, which is really a lot of what I do now. I do a lot of integrated health coaching with the mind, body, spirit approach. But, you know, I recognize everyone's just a little bit different. We're all bio individuals, but we're all connected. We all take in information differently. We all need different things to connect to, right? And ways to connect. So for me, sound healing meditation is the way that I, it kind of coupled with yoga because everyone was telling me the meditation side of yoga, right? The meditation, like sit there in stillness and don't think, suspend thought, let go of it. And I really struggled with that. I had a tough time just sitting in silence and letting go of thought. And then I would find myself getting very frustrated because the more I tried to do it, the harder it was. And I was thinking about not thinking at that point, you know? So what actually clicked for me was I found a singing bowl. And when I would play the singing bowl every night, I just, I realized I was sleeping better. I was sleeping through the night. I was sleeping more soundly. I felt more refreshed when I woke up. I felt like I had more of a focus and mental clarity. And I just overall just felt more relaxed. And it was like weeks later, weeks later that I realized that I wasn't thinking when I was playing the singing bowl. So all the people that told me, Hey, you need to meditate. You really need, if you're going to do this journey, you need to meditate. You need to sit there in silence. And, you know, I, I couldn't access the silence through that method, but the sound brought me to the silence and it showed me what it was. And it was this huge discovery for me. So when I finally tapped into it and I was like, Oh, that's what they mean. That's the silence and the stillness that they're talking about. So now I can access that in various ways, including just sitting and like suspending thought. But at the time I couldn't, right? So it's interesting how people can access things in different ways. And I've seen how sound therapy has changed my life and the lives of the clients I've worked on. I mean, major changes in their lives. And then I was in Thailand. And when I was in Thailand, in working with elephants in the singing bowls, that is when everything clicked because it made me realize, wow, the magnitude of this animal in this small little singing bowl, this is impacting that animal to this degree. So right? yeah, why don't you, actually, that's really interesting. A really interesting concept there. So what exactly was that? Um, was that like a study or something that you were working on? Like, what was that? Um, what was the working with the elephants there? How did you get into that? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because it's, it's funny how the universe kind of puts you in a path, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes you think you're on one journey and then you get farther into that path and you're like, wait a second, I thought I was here for this reason, but you know what? It looks like something else is coming my way. So maybe there's a different reason I'm here than what I thought. 
So I think it's always good to have a goal and something up ahead that you, you know, recognize as being some kind of goal that you're working towards. But I think flexibility in those moments is really key because something else totally different could fall into that path. And all of a sudden that is what you're supposed to attend to. So we, I, I was brought on to produce a series of videos. So my original background is media production. You know, I've worked on film production and special events and things like that. So very multi-task oriented. I was brought on to produce a city series of videos of a group, about 40 people going to Thailand to work with elephants and the singing bulls. So we went and we're producing these videos and we're running in and it's like, you know, a very small crew and we're sleeping maybe four hours a night and it's like wow. 90 degrees with hundred percent humidity. And it's like, whew, okay, this, this is an adventure for sure. Right. Well, the moment that I saw, we, we spent a couple of days with the elephants and I saw that there was a baby elephant who really doesn't recognize, Hey, I'm a baby elephant or, you know, I'm 400 pounds. And when I charge at someone to play with them, I could potentially hurt them. They just see like, Oh, Hey, there's all this energy around me. Let me play with this energy. Right. And very rambunctious, always charging at people and always wanting to play. And when they had a very tough time getting the baby to just calm down, so we were there for this portion where they were doing these um, just different uh, kind of techniques, like health-oriented checks on the elephants, eye checks, nail checks, and then tusk trimming to help keep the tusk healthy. And they don't use IVs. An IV for an element is very stressful from what I understand. So it takes, it's a long process. I, I was told it takes about eight hours to administer the IV. So obviously that's very stressful just there, you know, the time frame. So they use singing bowls and smell. So they were playing, they gathered around using the singing bowls to help induce a calm state in the elephant. And you can notice differences in the tusk, the way the tusk lies, the ears, these lines that they have drop in a different way. So you can see the state of relaxation start kicking in. And then they started performing these procedures. And the elephant just remained totally calm. They were able to do all of this. And what I thought was super interesting was not only that, that was fascinating to me, but the baby elephant. As the singing bowls were played, you could see the resistance of the baby elephant and wanting so desperately to stay awake because here's all these potential people to play with and all this activity, but just kept swaying slowly back and forth, trying and fighting to keep its little baby eyes open. And then finally just came to a rest on a tree then finally went to the ground and then finally slept. And when I saw that, that is actually when the birth of the documentary happened. I had no idea where the documentary was going to go, what it was even really going to be about. But I knew we had to capture that moment. And I knew there was a story behind sound that we really needed to get out there because the vibration and the energy and the sound, it makes a difference. It impacts us in some way. So I wanted to learn more about what that does, like what it is, how it works, and what's it actually doing to us and the world around us. Wow, that is really an incredible story. Um, so yeah, we were kind of touching on, you know, that little baby elephant got so relaxed and so chill. So that's obviously one element of, you know, having this sound therapy or just using the sound bowls in that way. Um, but do you feel like even maybe you're in your own personal journey that it's kind of allowed you to kind of release some limiting beliefs that you might have had along the way? Um, 
with anything? Yeah, I mean, I think what it does is it, it, you know, it just, it kind of opens you up in a way. So much like yoga, I think it all works hand in hand. All the energetic modalities work hand in hand. So with yoga, we're doing the body movement. We're doing the breath movement. It's all flow. Everything's moving. And I think for sound therapy and sound healing modalities, it's the same way. So what we're doing is by allowing that flow to properly move, right? What we're doing is we're keeping our system revitalized and refreshed, you know, and we're constantly like, you know, just, I think in that space, we're creating space. So whenever we have some kind of energetic blockage, then all of a sudden we're not able to receive new things. And then you see imbalances in people and those imbalances can go to quite, you know, like large levels. So, you know, and I'd say to some degree, we always are like, oh, here's an imbalance here, here's an imbalance here. But the art of it is letting go and trying to maintain presence, you know? So when we let go of things and when we can create that space with the breath and the movement and the flow and the sound, right? Because we all tap into space in a different way. So when we can access space within ourselves and bring ourselves to a place of stillness, then we can tap into something much greater than ourselves. And to me personally, that's where the magic really happens. When we can tap into something beyond ourselves in a connection with the universe, then this magic happens. But it's hard to access it, at least I believe so, when we are collecting clutter, you know, like life. Things pop up here and there, little aggravations pop up, things that we, you know, didn't, we wanted them to go a different way than what they actually did. And then we hold on to, well, it didn't go the way I wanted and gosh darn it. And, you know, we get angry and sometimes bitter and resentful. And then we're focused on living in the past. So whenever we are collecting any kind of non-forgiveness, any kind of resentment, then we are stuck in the past. If we are fearful and we are anxious, then we are usually stuck in the future. Something that hasn't even happened. We are so worried about something that hasn't even occurred yet that we're not living in the present moment. And when we're not allowing ourselves and what that stuff does is it creates, it's taking up space within our systems that could be new opportunities coming in by living in the present moment, by recognizing the essence of the world around us. So for me, yoga and breath work and meditation and sound meditation, that stuff all goes hand in hand. And even down to the foods we eat, the low vibrational foods, the high vibrational foods, the colors we surround ourselves with everything, you know, taking time for nature, seeing the world around us, recognizing the essence of the world around us. That to me has opened up the world. And when I find myself getting caught in something of the past or worrying about something of the future, because it's a practice, right? It's always mm-hmm. a, pra- a daily practice not to get stuck on something. So I always find these almost like reminders of, hey, you know what? I feel like I'm getting stuck on this topic right now. You know, why did that person cut me off or whatever it might be, right? In the big picture, what is it doing? The person that just cut you off in traffic, are they later that day going to think, ha, you know, I cut them off in traffic and I know they're mad at me. Oh, you know, poor me. No, they're going to move on with their day. So when you hold those kind of 
you know, feelings towards someone or a situation, all you're really doing is you're slowing yourself down and you're weighting yourself down. So I like to start a travel blog years ago because I was on the road for like seven years Mm -hmm. and working. I was working. So a lot of times people are like, oh, you're so lucky you got travel for seven years. Well, I was working like, you know, anywhere between 50 and 80 hours a week. So it wasn't like a vacation. It was a lot of hard work and heavy lifting, right? right? But I maximized my opportunity. Any free time I had, I made sure I went out and explored. But I started this blog as a way to keep in touch with friends and family. And the tagline too is travel light. And everyone's like, Oh, so you must pack a light suitcase. I'm like, well, not necessarily, but what I do try to pack is a light mind, body, and spirit. I try not to get bogged down and weighed down with things. And if I find myself in that space, nature always is really great at resetting that for me and allowing me to let it go. It's a good reminder because when you're present with nature, you can learn so much from it. Oh my God. That's awesome. So I, um, so how do you feel like, I guess, how do you actually use those elements of, you know, sound therapy and, and yoga kind of off of that, out of that space, out of that element, maybe off the mat in a way. Um, how do you incorporate that maybe in your day to day or just kind of demonstrate it to people outside of that environment? Sure. I think, um, I think something that we all have that we can connect with right away, that whether you're on your mat or you're in a stressful situation, or maybe you're just washing the dishes or your hands, right, is our breath. So I think that is a very, um, it's, it's an access point that we all have. It's just the practice of it, right? So when we connect with our breath, when we're in just everyday moments that aren't stressful, that's a good time to practice like recognizing our breath, taking a breath in, feeling the breath, hearing the breath, really allowing the chest and the belly to expand, and then also recognizing the release of it and envisioning when we're releasing that that breath on that exhale that we're actually letting go of whatever we might be getting caught up on, right? That's going to be holding us back and like basically putting us in a stuck mode, right? and not allowing us to move forward. So I think breath is a really great way to just tap into presence. And, you know, when you're in a really high stress situation and uh, something comes your way that could be perceived as a challenge, well, that's not the time to start practicing, right? Because it's going to be harder to access. But if we practice in those everyday situations, when we're on a walk with nature, when we're washing our hands, when we're doing everyday tasks, right? then we get a feel for what that is. And it's easier to tap into. It's like an athlete, you know, someone who is a professional athlete doesn't say, well, it's game day. I think I'll practice today, (laughs) you know, before they go into the game, they are practicing that entire week to prepare for the game. So, and that's kind of how I see practicing in our everyday situations of breath work or even it can be sound. So we all have the ability, or maybe maybe we have that ability where we can use our own voice in some way, right? If that's a gift that we have, we can use our own voice in terms of humming. And humming does a lot. It has amazing benefits. So that's something that we can practice as well, or just letting go, right? So I think just a simple hum with the lips closed, you can literally feel the vibration moving down that energy center in our body. 
You can feel it reaching out and vibrating and releasing energy. So I feel like breath work, I feel like humming. Those are things that we can really do on the mat, off the mat. Those are things we can do in everyday situations and tasks. And then when we practice that, we can implement that into more challenging situations. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great, that's a great way to kind of think about it. I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like we have to obviously, yeah, even as yoga instructors, we have to be able to, I think we have to walk the walk, I guess you could say. So even as we're, um, yeah, our breathing the breath, I guess, or listening to sound. So however you want to put it, um, but just having that practice. Yeah. It's, it's so simple. So simple. Um, so kind of to wrap up with the last question I have, and um, you know, this pandemic has thrown everyone, I think for a complete loop, <laughs> we've had to kind of muddle through things maybe a little bit. Um, so what do you find that, what have you found that was the most valuable thing in uh, 2020 for you? Um, 2020 for, I think everyone, it seems like, you know, there were a lot of perceived challenges, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, a lot of it is how we frame the world. So I think when we say, oh, you know, this is challenging or that stinks or, you know, uh, this or that, right? Then we're adding this vibration to it that is not coming from a positive place. It's a lower vibration, and when you continuously tell a story in a lower vibrational state, well, then you're going to lower your vibration, right? So I think when we change and we reframe the words even that we use and we say, okay, well, 2020 may not go down in history as my favorite year, but it was a time that allowed me opportunities for growth. So, you know, a situation can happen to you and it could be like, the worst situation you could possibly imagine. It's not the situation, right? It is how you react to it and the choice that you make to react to it. So it's all about choices. Our words, our thoughts, our actions are all a choice. And I firmly believe that we are co-creators of the world, you know, and Mm -hmm. when we take the time to choose how we're going to think, how we're going to talk, and our actions. Every single interaction that we have is a choice of how we would like to co-create the world around us. So when we reframe our thoughts and our words to say, you know what, 2020 was a challenge. Well, maybe it it could have been challenging, but maybe it was an opportunity for growth, you know, or, you know, people say, well, life is a struggle. Well, maybe life is an adventure. And for me personally, I will tell you that it was a monumental year of transformation, like things that came into my path that I never in a million years could have predicted or really thought I would have to work through. And they weren't things I would have chosen. It wasn't the path I wanted, but the universe is funny that way where it will maybe not give you the path you want, but it will give you the path that you need. And it knows the conversations that are happening behind your back. It knows the events that are going on around you that you aren't privy to. So I think when you have faith in the universe that it has your back and you choose faith over fear in those moments and you just say, okay, you know what? This isn't really how I would like to see it go at all, but I know and I have to have faith that it's in my best interest. So I think for me, 2020 
was really interesting on so many levels. I mean, so many levels where it completely changed my direction. And I think the universe finally said, hey, you know what? Here's the thing is we are going to help guide you and we are going to make it so uncomfortable for you. We are going to push you out of your comfort zone to a level that you have never experienced before. And it's going to be uncomfortable. So put on your helmet, fasten your seatbelt because we're going for a ride. But know this, we are going to be moving forward. You're moving forward. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but it's an opportunity for growth and we're going to move forward. So, you know, I just trust that path and I see it as an opportunity for growth. And I think it's just all about perception and how we perceive situations. Yeah. Um, So kind of leading into that, you know, you wrapped up, just wrapped up a a big project, a documentary that you've been working on. Um, So is that kind of like your forward motion that's propelling you forward at this point? You know, I think it's like, and if you really looked at, um, if you broke down like areas of your life, every single aspect and area of my life is on a different course than it was like a year ago. Very much so. So yes, the documentary is done. And I think um, my understanding is it will be released in like May or June. The documentary is called Going Ohm. Um, The reason we chose Going Ohm is because, you know, it goes back to kind of that vocal toning. And the word Ohm is the universal sound, right? So for me, Ohm is going home. So home to me isn't a structure. It's not a building. It's not a place. It's not a person. Ohm is that connection that we have with the universe. And when we connect with the universe and we allow ourselves to connect with the universe and connect with ourselves, then we can better connect with the world around us and those around us. So that's why we chose going Ohm because really it's our journey home, right? Through sound and silence and what those things are. So, yeah, so that's part of the journey of moving forward. Um, also started because, you know, I was doing a lot of workshops and um, online, well, in-person teaching. And, you know, obviously last year with COVID. Uh, <laughs> it kind of shifted person. that, changed that a little bit. <laughs> it did. Yeah, it totally shifted it. So we started this online collective called Going Ohm Collective, where we're now offering workshops and classes and sound healing events and things like that, where we connect online. So a lot of changes moved out of state. You know, so it's uh, I'm open to the opportunities and the path ahead. And I'm really interested to see what comes up next, you know. Nice. That's so awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking your time this morning and uh, just speaking to me about your your love, your soul and everything like that. Um, so anyway, yeah, thanks again for your time and your energy today, Christine. I really appreciate it. And um Yeah, this will be an awesome episode. So I thank you guys for listening too, as well. Yeah. And Laura, thank you for everything. I mean, you've been an awesome mentor and I'm super excited for this journey with MVP and what a great place to land. And I'm really excited for that. And it's so funny that we have all these common connections and we've never connected until now, but (laughs) I I know that we did. And thank you for being so inspiring. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And yeah, me too. I'm so glad that this, this is what brought us together. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. All right. Thanks. Bye.
So I don't know about you, but the idea of a 400-pound baby elephant just falling asleep to the sound bowls is just completely the sweetest thing ever, right? So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Christina. So tune in next week for another episode of Heartfelt Consciousness. Be well, my friends.